In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Wouldn't it be nice if Jesus would just show up? We always hear about him showing up to folks in their time of need. The poor, the sick, the dying, even the downright dead. Where in the world is Jesus now? Shootings at Christian schools, tornadoes, storms, death and destruction all around us. Our particular city will never be the same. Where in the world is your God? Where is your Jesus? It's okay to ask that. It's okay to pray that, as we learned a couple of weeks ago. You and I face so much in life. The chaotic nature of this world is like it has never been before. And yet you and I enjoy living in the chaos, not making things better. It always seems that where there is chaos, destruction, and death, people get woken up, being woke in the truest sense, to the realities that this life and the world around us and each and every one of you is so fragile, so important, created by God who has created the heavens and the earth, created by the one who has ordained that you breathe, breathe, that you live, and you exist today. And yet all of this today that we've encountered in this past week and for God knows how many years is so unnerving, so full of questions and fears and doubts. Wouldn't it be nice if Jesus could just show up here today to take care of this all? To stop crazy gun people from entering schools? To stop the winds and destruction like he did on the storm in the sea with the boat and the disciples? If that wasn't bad enough, we as Christians today are being mocked for even trying to pray. It's not enough, some would say. Some in social media today said, pray harder, Christian. Do your job. It's not working. It's never enough, it seems. But to those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. The mind of the flesh is death. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. In the midst of all of the things that you and I have seen and heard and faced, and in the midst of all of the things that you will see and that you will hear and that you will face in the future, the worst thing that we can do today is to tear each other apart, to ignore the needs of others. Could you imagine, just for a moment, if you spent half the time that you do on your screen? and used half of that time to pray, to speak well of each other, to help your neighbor in need? 
Could you imagine what that simply could do apart from everything else? Instead, we spend our times on the phones and yet ignore our neighbors in need. I saw a video of a guy this past week up on the top of Baptist Hospital as the tornado was going by. Was he taking cover? No, he was up there with his phone. This is sheer craziness. Rather than looking at death and destruction all around us, somebody had to get a video up online so that they could get all the hits and retweets and everything else. Is this really what we've become? Is this really a laughing matter? This past week, you and I have been faced with the realities of what this world is all about. Especially now, especially today. Where in the world is Jesus? Where is God? Take heart. For you as Christians, we recognize that he has come. He is here now and he will come again. Past, present, and future. Christ Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today is the beginning of Holy Week where Jesus enters into the city of so-called peace. He goes there to gather all of the last, the lost, the least, and the losers in the game of life. And today seems a little festive, right? It seems like a parade, a festive time of rich praise and culmination for next Sunday Easter, but never mind the gloom and doom of Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. King Jesus is here, the people said. He will make everything that is wrong right again. He will take care of all of the political and religious abuse. He will feed us with more food than the golden corral. He will clothe us and give us mansions. He will keep us safe. He will rebuild everything that has been torn down. That's what the world thinks. That's what those people thought that first Palm Sunday. And that is nothing more than a theology of glory and not the theology of the cross. It is certainly a festive day. It is certainly a parade that we hear about. But there are no clowns throwing candy. Clowns throwing at candy at people, people obsessed with making these things all about entertainment in mind, does not forgive sinners. Clowns do not restore the brokenhearted as children are dead in classrooms. The clowns of the world, religious clowns of the world, don't restore broken lives and destroyed homes. Foolish religious clowns do not raise the dead. Yes, it was a parade. Jesus enters into Jerusalem, but Jerusalem is a city of chaos, not the city of peace, a city of death and destruction for God's prophets. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I wish to gather you together as a hen gathers together her chicks, but you would not have it. God's prophets are killed. Jerusalem is a city of God's absence. 
not his presence. Jesus has come today for you and for me. But today is all about the fulfillment of what he has come to do. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Palm Sunday is King Jesus' battle march. It is his death march. And the sword that he brings is not a sword of punishment against you. One of the worst things that we could ever think as Christians today is, is that somehow, some way, with all the things that we've encountered and faced, that somehow God is punishing us by sending tornadoes or guns into Christian schools. I don't want to believe in a God who does that, especially when he talks about being merciful and slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. The sword that Jesus brings today is not pointed at you and me for what we have done or left undone. His sword is pointed at death, sin, the devil, and the chaos of the world. He has set a kingdom before us of justice, truth, compassion, mercy, righteousness, but he does not sit on a golden throne he does not even come in on a war horse or a Clydesdale. He has to borrow somebody else's animals. He does not sit on a throne, but he reigns from his bloody cross where you and I and the world happily crown him with the many crowns of our sin. But... For just at the right time, while we were still powerless, and oh, haven't we seen how powerless we are this past week? While we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God proves his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died. For us. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. The final enemy of God, though, to be eradicated is death. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Is death. Guns, tornadoes, illness, sickness, disease, all of these things terrify us to death. But according to Paul in your baptism, you have already died with Christ and you have already risen with him, and you now walk in the newness of his life. Where, O oh grave, is your victory? Where, O oh grave, is your sting? Who will deliver me from this wretched body of death? Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where in the world is your Jesus today? 
He's right where he said he would be. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, that baptismal name that you've been given, there I am. Lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Lo, I tell you, not one of those will be lost or forgotten. Jesus has come. Not to be a king of glory, but to be the suffering servant. No place to lay his head as he was born. Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He comes as the weeping servant, weeping at the tragedies that people have encountered, weeping at the tomb of his friends. Jesus has come as a man to be rejected, mocked and crucified. But where, where is he at today, pastor? He's right here. We just said a few moments ago, this is the word of the Lord. Jesus has spoken to you. We'll just say in a few moments, this is my body, this is my blood, given and shed for you. This is not stuff that looks earth-shaking or powerful. It's not something that lasers or pyrotechnics or screens or whatever else it is that we love to see can overpower or even be matched by. This is where heaven collides with earth. This is where peace and righteousness and forgiveness and love collides with the broken, chaotic, destroyed, and deathly earth. Also that he may tell you, have a seat. Have a seat at my feast. Let me speak my tender words of comfort for you that your sins are all forgiven. Let me feed you with this meal that shows you that my, your sins are forgiven and that will strengthen you in your faith. He is here today. The clowns of the world don't see him, but by faith we do. Veiled in word and sacrament to give you himself. And here, O oh Lord, we say by faith we see you face to face. Where in the world is Jesus? I wish I could say or do something to make it all better and right for you today. But the reality is, is this will not be the last time that we see chaos or storms or death and destruction in this life. As one parishioner who was spared this past week told me, Pastor, I just want the apocalypse to happen now. I'm tired of this. Amen. Amen, absolutely. But Jesus reminds you as well. There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on earth dismay among nations, in perplexity at the roaring of the seas and the waves, Men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. 
But when these things take place, straighten up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Jesus says as well that very famous needlepoint passage, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And what that simply means is, is despite all of the chaos, he is in control with his peace for you. Where in the world is Jesus? He now goes out in and with and under you. We love now because he has first loved us. We go out as his salt and his light and his mercy to all of those around us who are in need. It may not be earth shattering. It may be just as simple as dropping off a pack of bottled water or even simply praying. But these are the things that Jesus does in and with you for the benefit of your neighbors who are in need of our good works. But you do so today with a very, very mighty reminder. It's in your hands. Palms in your hands. Palms in Jesus' time were signs of victory. If you were an attorney and you won your case in law, you'd put the palms up on your door to say, I won today. If you were an athlete and you won the competition, they would give you palms. I won today. Guess what? You win today and every day. Take those palms home today, put them in your house, put them on your front door if you still have one, put them on your office door or wherever, and don't throw them away. Keep them till next Palm Sunday where we will burn them and be reminded, remember you are dust and dust, you shall return, but shortly, even through that next Lent, we'll give you the palms of victory again. Those palms in your hands remind you of the victory that Jesus has given to you. Jesus has come today with his parade, his battle march, and this week we will go from cross to tomb to resurrection all with you in mind, for him to remind you that I have come, he says. I have won the battle. The victory is yours. And in the end, all of this, I am with you to the very end of the age. All that we can simply do today is respond. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.